Now, for those of you that know the date today, apart from it being Nissy's birthday, amen. In two days, what, what day is it in two days? Well, who, who can shout it out? <laughs> it is my wife's birthday, yes, true. I won't forget that. God bless you, amen. I didn't forget it, all right. In addition to my wife's birthday, it is also Valentine's Day, all right. He's like, oh, really, is it? You know, you ladies, you knew. You knew. Valentine's Day. Now, I want to kind of speak, you know, you know, sometimes I kind of just leave that one alone. I'm not really, but you know, I want to speak about Valentine's Day just for a second uh, because, it, you know, it happens every year. You know, I'm reminded of it because, um, you know, when I was dating my wife, I realized she was born on Valentine's Day. So I just realized, wait a minute, whatever I was going to do, times it by two. That's what basically was happened. Um, but the reason I say that is because I picked up some interesting stats about Valentine's Day. They did a study in the US um, and they wanted to project the spending for 2023. So in two days time in the US, they projected based on last year's figures and how it moves on and so on and so forth. They projected that there would be $25.9 billion spent in two days. $25.9 billion spent on Valentine's Day. They said that there'll be an average of $5.5 billion spent on jewelry. All right, ladies. $4.4 billion spent on special evenings out. Um, 74% of people expect to receive a gift. In other words, if they don't receive a gift, then somebody's going to be in trouble. I love this one. 25% of people buy a gift for themselves. <laughs> Regardless if you're getting me a gift, I'm getting something they're saying on Valentine's Day. Now, I personally think Valentine's Day is a bit of a hype. You know, just, yeah, yeah. just like many other days, some, someone says amen at the back there. <laughs> just like many other days that, that, that someone somewhere decided to put a title on it so we can spend some money. Like Mother's Day, for example. Like, you don't speak to your mum like 364 days of the year. Then in the one day, oh, mum, I love you. Here's some flowers. Uh, here's, a, here's a cake or whatever. Uh, Father's Day. Let's not even talk about Father's Day, right? Some people don't even remember it is Father's Day. But sometimes these days, you know, they're, they're on a calendar, you know, uh, uh, the, the gift cards industry and all that, they start to boom on these days because it gives us a time to say, okay, you must buy something, you've got to do something. And, but one thing that this does bring out, all those massive stats about the billions of dollars that are going to be spent on Valentine, Valentine's Day, the one thing that it does point out, and it's the fact I want to look at this morning and examine with you this morning, is that love costs. Yes, think about that. True, genuine love costs. If you say you're going to love someone, it's going to cost you something. And if it doesn't cost you anything, my friend, it's not love. Now, I told you I'm going to be reading out of John chapter 3. Now, here is a, is, a, is a risky business because this is the most, quite possibly the most, in fact, not quite possibly, it is the most famous scripture in all scripture. You could speak to anybody that didn't even read the Bible and you say, have you ever heard of John 3.16 before? And they'll be able to quote it for you. 
You can say to someone outside in the street, you've ever heard this before, and somewhere along the lines, they would have heard this scripture. So it is very, 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 very famous. Uh, so much so that I've never actually preached around this, uh, this, this scripture alone. But today's the day, church. We're going to preach from John 3 and verse number 16. We're going to put it on the screen, but you don't even need it. It's one of those verses you don't even need to look up at the screen. So read out with me. Follow along with me. As the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3 and verse number 16. I want to consider first with you the title of the sermon and my first point, that love costs. Now we're talking about love and there's many things you could say about love. You see, because love is the central point of Christianity. We understand that God is love. He is the central point of Christianity. And there's many things you could say in the word of God, from the word of God, about love. I've spoken many times behind this pulpit about love, about the life-changing love that Christ brings. There's many things you could say about it. I could say that love is not a feeling. As many times I've said that behind this pulpit, love is not a feeling because feelings come and go. And if you reduce love to a feeling, then you could easily say, love, I'm not really feeling this today. So I don't love you no more. And if you reduced it to that, and some people have reduced love to a feeling to the point where they just wake up and say, I've fallen out of love. That sounds like a trap to me. If I can fall in in love, that means I can fall out of love also. But love isn't a feeling. You could say that love uh, is what identifies us as being Christ followers. Jesus said, listen, when you love one another, that's when people will know that you are my followers. That's when people will understand that you have been with me. We have a relationship when you love one another. So love, you can say, is an identity. Love, we also spoke about, is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll be speaking about the rest of that this evening. We started last, uh, last week uh, that the first fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, is love. But today what I want to say and what I want to hone in on is the fact that love will cost you something. Love costs. Now our scripture says that God so loved the world that he gave. Now I want to start off with a, with a misinterpretation or a slight misunderstanding of what that scripture could say. Because when you read that, you could say or you can pick up that it says that God loved the world so much that, that he, he, so much that he did this. But that word so, it actually means in this way. In other words, the Bible is saying that in this manner, God loved the world. It's not saying, okay, loved it so much. The so behind there is, is the Greek word, uh, hotos, which means uh, in the manner. So you could say, in this manner, God loved the world. Look at the same verse in the New Living Translation. The Bible says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have, a, have, eternal, sorry, have eternal life. So now we see the scripture is saying that God demonstrated his love by what he was willing to give. God demonstrated that he loved the world so much by what he was willing to give. He's saying that love is connected to giving. Love has a price tag. Our scripture in verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 uh, is labelled as the chapter of love. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth uh, and he says that love doesn't seek its own. Can you say amen in this place? 
Love isn't selfish. Love isn't self-centered. Love isn't about what I can get. It's more about what can I give. Can you say amen in this place? So if you have a type of love that is concerned about what I'm going to get out of this, my friend, that's not true love. If you have a type of love that has to calculate, okay, he's done this, he's done this, I'm going to get this now. If I give love, I'm going to get this. No, you've got love mixed up because love has a price tag. Love is about what you're going to give. Love is about what you're going to do. Listen, Ephesians 5 verse number 25, husbands are commanded to love their wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Jesus Christ loved the, ch- the church and he gave. So as we look at Valentine's Day and all sorts of stuff like that, sometimes you see a lot of manipulation. Come on now. Sometimes you, people will buy the, the, the flowers and the chocolate, put on a deep fake voice and say, babe, I love you. <laughs> Why? Because they're looking to get something. Come on, what can I get out of this? What can I get out of this relationship? We've been dating for like two weeks now. What can I get out of this relationship? Two weeks is a long time. What can, I, what can I do? Listen, all we've been doing is talking. I want to buy you this. I'm going to buy you this because I want to receive. That's not the type of love that is true love. Can you say amen in this place? In 2 Corinthians 12, and verse number 15, Paul says, And I will gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Why? Because love costs He loved people. He loved reaching people. He loved touching people's lives. And because he saw that, he says, listen, I want to spend and be spent because I know that love has a price tag. What's the opposite of giving? Shout it out. Taking. The opposite of giving is taking. I want to make a comparison. I want to see what Jesus made as a comparison in John 10.10. He makes a comparison between himself and the enemy that we face. The Bible says here, Jesus says, the thief. I mean, straight away, you can see uh, the title he's given the enemy. The thief. Already you see his occupation. You see what he's going to do or what he wants to do. A thief is only involved in taking. Come on now. Which thief do you know would come back and, and, and give you something and leave out? No, a thief is involved in taking. Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal. Right there, that's about taking possessions. And to kill, about taking life. And to destroy, that's taking destiny. In other words, the enemy comes to take, take, and take. The opposite of love is hate, and the enemy hates us. So therefore, we know that loving is connecting to giving. So what he wants to do is take, take, and take. But in contrast, look what Jesus said about himself. He says, but I have come. I have come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. Jesus came to give life. He doesn't want to come and take this. What can I take from you? What can I rob from you? No, that's the thief. He's the one that comes to do that. But Jesus Christ, because he understands true love, he's the one that came with gifts. He's the one that came to say, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you life and life more abundantly. You see, because the opposite of giving is taking. Listen, there is no love in taking advantage of somebody. If your goal is to take advantage of somebody, there is no love in that. That is using people, usually to get what you want. It's all about me. It's me focus. Me, my, I, mine. When am I going to get mine? When did you get me? 
What's going to happen to me? It's all about me. When you want to take advantage of somebody, get them into a place to give you something that you want. Listen, there's no love in that. There's no love in taking the mick out of somebody. Now that's colloquial terms, but we're talking about ridiculing or, or, or making people feel low. You know, because when you make people feel low, it, it almost like elevates yourself, right? You make people feel low. Let me, let me lower. In, in school, you know, kids are, kids are really, really cruel in school. Um, it's, it's one of those things you see it. You see on a playground, uh, people we're talking, they really want to ridicule people, make people feel lower. But I loved school when I was back there because I, I understood the psychology of a bully. I, under, I understood it. Um, number one, they go on as if they want to threaten you, um, that they're, they're big and strong, but they're actually not very big and strong at all. Quite dumb and slow sometimes, but that's, that's how it is. But what they want to do is intimidate people. And how they intimidate people is try and make people feel low. Because when you feel low, then that makes me feel bigger. So there's no love in trying to take the mick of somebody because you want to try and ridicule them and you want to uh, 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 put yourself up. And, you know, listen, I'm a, I'm a fan of banter. Sometimes we banter with each other, but sometimes it can go too far. You're bantering with your brother. You're trying to make him feel low so that you can feel a little bit higher in front of everybody. There's no love in that. There's no love in taking the mick out of people. Listen, there's no love in taking someone for granted. Placing no value on somebody. Being over familiar with somebody. They will always be there. There's no real appreciation to somebody. There's, there's no love in taking people for granted. What you're saying is, listen, I don't really put value on you. You're always going to be there. I don't need to spend time uh, thanking you or being appreciative to you. There's no love in that. You're taking them for granted. The opposite of giving is taking. But love has a price tag. Love is going to be about what you give. And you have to understand that this morning, that love costs. Can you say amen in this place, sir? I want to second with you about counting the costs. So you've identified that love costs. It's going to cost you something. If you say you're in love with somebody or you love somebody, it's going to cost you something. And I hope you understand. Listen, I'm talking more than finance here. Can you say I'm in this place? Eh? Although that is a part of it as well. It's going to be more than that. But love is going to cost you something. Listen, in Luke 14 and verse number 25, Jesus was talking about following him. And listen, this all that's all about life. That's what we want to do. We want to follow Jesus Christ. We want to be on that path that Jesus Christ set for him. And he was talking to his disciples about following him. And he gave this illusion or gave this kind of idea in Luke 14 in verse number 25. He says, which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you need to count the cost. If you're going to follow after me, this isn't going to be a free endeavor. You need to understand this. You need to count the cost because what we're going to do is going to cost you. You've heard the saying that talk is cheap. Amen. Well, love is expensive. Come on now. That's for people, you know, talk is cheap. That's for people that want to have the blessing of a loving relationship or have the blessing of love that is reciprocal but not willing to pay the price. And the excuse is we can't afford it. But how many know Jesus wouldn't tell us to do something or command us to do something we're not able to do? So when he says love your neighbor, it's because he's saying you can do it. Listen, you can afford it. But people look at that, they understand that love has a price tag and they're not willing to do it. Think about the object of God's love. The Bible says that God so loved the world. And this isn't 
anymore the world that he created. The world he created at the first, before sin came in, was a beautiful place. It was perfect. But then sin came in and marred the world. Sin came in and tainted the world. And God said, this is the world that I love. He looked to the world and understand in his fallen state. And he says, no, I understand there's a problem here. I understand there's issues here. But listen, I still love you. I know there's going to be costs involved. I know it's going to cost me a lot, but I still love you. And that's what Jesus is saying. Listen, you've got to look around and you see if you want to follow Christ, count the cost. Because it's going to cost you to love people. It's going to cost you to love him also. Listen to Matthew 9 and verse number 35 to 38. It says, Then Jesus went all about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness, every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord to the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest field. What Jesus is saying is uh, there's many people out there to love. There's many people out there to go and touch. uh, But many people look at that and realize this is just too expensive for me. I'm not going to do that. They count the cost. They say, no, I can't afford that. And he's saying, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. In other words, send out people who are willing to labor in love. Send out people who are willing to love and say, I'm going to love the unlovable. I'm going to go and serve other people. Listen, it's an expensive business. That's why people are not willing to do it. If you say you have love and it hasn't cost you, then I'm sorry, that's not love. If you say you have love and it hasn't cost you anything, effort, time, money, then you don't have any love. In 2 Samuel 24, there's an account where King David wanted to give an offering to God. He'd uh, committed a sin. He'd numbered the children of Israel, even though God told him not to. He'd numbered the children of Israel. Uh, um, he, he wanted to repent. He did actually repent. Uh, and he wanted to give an offering to the Lord uh, in a certain place. And he went to go and buy the land in order to build an altar to the Lord. Uh, and, you know, he's the king. When he went to go buy the land, he's the king. They said, listen, king, you're the king. Just take it. Take it for free. We're not going to charge you anything. Just have it. And he said in, in 2 Samuel 24, he says, listen, I will not offer to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. Because he understands, listen, I know if I love, it's going to have to cost me something. If I love God, it's going to have to cost me something. And he says, I'm not going to offer to the God that I love with something that's cost me nothing. He understood that there is a cost associated to love. And the thing is, people look at situations, they count the cost and say, no, that's too expensive for me. Instead, I'm going to settle for a shallow, self-seeking, cheap kind of love. Jesus was prophesying in the end time. He said in Matthew 24, and and he spoke about many things that's going to happen in the end times. And just pause right here. How many know, listen, we are living in the end times right now. Can you say amen in this place? We're seeing some horrible things. I mean, I've not even checked uh, this morning. The death toll, I think, uh, uh, last week or, or a couple of days ago, was over 22,000 people died uh, in, in, in Turkey, in Syria. Listen, we're in the last days. We're experiencing sin like we've never seen it before. And Jesus foretold this. He said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. But one of the things he says, as he's prophesying in the last days, he says, the love of many will grow cold. 
The love of many will grow cold. In other words, another way you can look at that, he's saying, listen, uh, in order to heat up love, it's gonna be some, uh, 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 there's going to be some effort paid. It's going to cost you to, to make love burn how it should be. And he's saying, listen, people are going to look at that and not be willing to pay the cost. Listen, just like it costs so much to heat your home right now, people are saying, listen, should I turn on the heat or not? It's the same with love. Jesus is saying, in the last days, the love of many is going to grow cold or in other words the love of many is going to be cheap and they're not going to love at all it's always going to be self-centered and focus on themselves because uh, love has a price tag we know about the parable of the good samaritan i want to read that to you out of luke at chapter 10 and here's a perfect picture of people seeing the need to love or seeing the cost of love and them saying, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Luke 10 and verse number 30, the Bible says, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He said, no, nah, that's too expensive. I'm not going to spend my time there. Likewise, a Levi, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Uh, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. Uh, and when he saw him, had compassion. He looked and said, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring uh, um, an oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he looked out. Uh, he took out, sorry, two denarii, gave to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will come again and repay you. Here we understand and Jesus used this scripture or this story to talk about that it was the Samaritan that actually loved his neighbor. And what did he do to demonstrate his love? He picked up the bill. Can you say amen in this place? Because love is going to cost you like that. And he says, whatever he spends, this is, I'm going to come and pay you back more. So sometimes the other two people who crossed over on the other side said, listen, I see that. I can see the cost associated with that. I'm not willing to spend that. So I'm going to cross on the other side. But how many know love costs? So when you want to love somebody, we are going to have to understand that it's going to cost you something. So when you are in, if you're here and you're married, listen, if you love your spouse, it's going to cost you something. Don't always think of what it's going to mean for me. Don't think of how I'm going to get the best out of this. Think of what I'm going to give. If you have brothers or sisters, friends in this place, and you want to cultivate that relationship, it's going to take a giving love to be able to cultivate that relationship. Think about what can I give to the person? How can I serve this person? And then you'll be acting in a true Christ-like love. Can you say amen in this place? Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. I want to look finally with you as you draw this to a close about understanding the cost. You see, because knowledge changes everything. And there's a saying that it's the thought that counts. You know when you give a gift and, you know, oh, it's the thought that counts and so on. And listen, and that's true. If somebody took time out to go and even buy me a card, you know, they went to a card factory or something like that and bought me a card. They went out of their way. Listen, that's a blessing. Can you say amen in this place? It is the thought that counts. They thought of me to say, you know, here it is happy birthday or Merry Christmas or whatever it is. It's the thought that counts. And that's true. I agree with it. But when you get a gift and you see, you understand the value of the gift, 
that changes how you react to the person that gave you that gift. I mean, if you, if you, if you were walking down somewhere and your, your best friend says, this, I just want to give you a gift. And he says, oh, God bless you. Thank you. And they hand you keys. And they say, you see that house down the road? That's yours. Here you go. Jock keys, like, just like that. Some of you are like, amen. You're praying for that. Amen. <laughs> you want a friend like that. Amen. Come on. But can you imagine somebody, they just drop the keys. Here you go. God bless you. I want to give you a gift. Because you understand the value, especially in this day and age, all right now, because you understand the value of what they have just given you. Listen, that changes your relationship. You think, what have I done to deserve this? You can't receive that kind of gift and stay the same. You can't receive that and say, oh, okay, thank you, just walk on your way. No, something will be different because when you understand the value of the gift, it changes things. And listen, I've said all of that to say this. When you understand the value of the gift that God gave, listen, you will never be the same again when you understand what it is God actually gave. And we understand that God loved us so much that he chose the method to give his only begotten son. In other words, God stepped down for majesty and gave his life for you because he loved you so much. When you understand the value of that gift and you really understand what it cost him, it cost him everything. You can't listen to that. And that verse 316 is the entire gospel in one verse. When you really understand those words, you can't take that in and stay the same. Can you say amen in this place? You have to understand Jesus Christ had so much love for you. They said, I'm willing to give you everything I have. He gave his life. And the reason why people don't accept Christ is because they don't understand the full value of Christ's love. They don't understand what it actually means. Because if you did understand that, your life couldn't remain the same. It's impossible to remain the same. Look at Romans 5, verse number 7 to 8. The Bible says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. In other words, people won't die even for a good man. Or yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But verse number 8, But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners... While we were still in our mess, he looked to us, that's, expen- that's going to be expensive. In order for me to love these people, it's going to be expensive. While he came down and saw that, he says, listen, I'm still going to come down and pay the price. I'm still going to come down. Look at John 15 and verse number 13 in the New Living Translation. The Bible says that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. God understands that love costs. You have to understand that he was still willing to do that. Love he knew would cost him everything. But he was still willing to say, listen, I'm going to give you everything. The Bible says we love him because he loved us first. He made the first move. He stepped down and says, I love you so much. I'm going to give you everything. So if we want to be followers of Christ, we're going to have to understand that love is going to cost us something. We need to start experiencing this type of love or giving this type of love. We say we love our brother, we love our sister, we love our neighbor. What does it cost you? 
What does it cost you? And when you love like that, listen, you have eternal dividends. Because things change in the power of love like that. Because you understand it is expensive. It costs you. Love costs. But it was free to receive. It was free for you to receive this type of love. It was free for you to experience this type of love. When you understand what it is that God did for you. Your life will completely change. You'll be so grateful. Grateful. God, you didn't have to do that. While I was still messed up, addicted to drugs, alcohol, addicted to pornography, whatever it is, you still came and did that. You still came and said, I love you so much. I want to clean you up. That is a true love. There's no manipulation in this type of love. There's no seeking its own in this type of love. We have experienced this type of love. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, and if you have, your job now then is to then give this type of love. Don't look at the the, the price tag and say, listen, it's too expensive. No, you can. You can give. And when you give that type of love, it changes everything. Um, One testimony quickly I want to give before we close. Uh, There's a book, um, I think by the name of, uh, his name is Nabir uh, Qureshi, I believe his name is. uh, The book is entitled, uh, uh, Seeking Allah and Finding Jesus. I mean, just the title of the book, just, that just grips you. Seeking Allah and finding Jesus. And it's a story of him growing up as a devout Muslim. Um, by the age of five, he had memorized the Quran. Um, he used to recite prayers. He didn't know what the prayers meant, but every day he would recite prayers. And, and he would do this. And he uh, began to be very a learned man. And his, um, his, what he did for fun was to speak to Christians and try and uh, disprove their religion. And for the many Christians he spoke to, he was able to do it. He was able to try and confuse them. He would ask them questions they would not be able to answer. He would ask them things. But until he came to this one Christian who knew his stuff, amen, who read his Bible, amen, he was able, or he tried to speak against Christianity, and, and the Christian was able to speak back with confidence, with boldness, and they went back and back and forth and so on. But what he centered around was the love of Jesus Christ. He centered around the fact that the disciples, they literally were all martyred for what they believed. And he said, listen, no one would ever die for a lie. They would die for the truth. They wouldn't die for something they know to be a lie. So he said, they must have been speaking the truth about what Jesus Christ did. And it was the love of Christ that he couldn't comprehend. So much so that he had to turn away from a false religion and say, Lord Jesus, I want this type of love. Because Jesus understood, he paid the cost, he paid the ultimate sacrifice and that has eternal power to win even the unlovable, to win people that are lost in sin, bound in sin. And now this person, I mean he's gone on to be with Christ now, but he spent his life ministering, preaching the word of God, winning thousands to Jesus Christ because of the expensive love that Jesus was willing to pay Are you willing to pay the price for love? Love costs. You need to understand that God understood the cost and was willing to pay that for you. Let's accept the free gift of love 
and also be willing to pay that for others. Can you say amen in this place? God is good. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Love costs. Love costs. True love costs. Genuine love costs. If you say you love and it hasn't cost you anything, my friend, that's not love. If you hear under the sound of my voice, I want you to understand. We know that love costs. But I want you to understand that there's a God in heaven who understood the cost, the price to redeem mankind. The price, the price tag to redeem us from our sins or in other words to pay the price for the bad things we've done. There was a God in heaven who understood that and was still willing to pay that price. Our famous scripture said that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his life for you. Jesus Christ sacrificed himself for you. And when you understand that, that he was willing to do that, your life can't be the same again. So if you hear under the sound of my voice and you're just coming to grips with that, you're just understanding that, that there's a God in heaven who loved me so much that he was willing to give all of this You're coming to grips with that. This morning, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you to let you know, yes, indeed, he did that for you. Yes, indeed, he did that for you. So that when you die, the Bible says it's appointed for man to die. And after this comes the judgment. When you die, you're able to stand before God, holy and righteous. Not because you're perfect, but because there was one so willing to love you that he was willing to pay the penalty for sin that you should pay. Rightly, you should pay that. The bad things, it was you that did it. It was you and I. We did the bad things. But Jesus Christ said, I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to step in your stead. I'm going to step in your place. So that through me, you can have eternal life. Yes, we understand the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So if you're under the sound of my voice in this place and you're getting to grips of understanding the cost that he paid and you want to accept this free gift of salvation, that your life can become brand new. While every head is bowed, while every eye is closed in this place, what I want you to do as a sign to me is to lift your hand up. If you want to receive that gift of salvation, put that hand up. Slip that hand up to say, God, if you're willing to pay that price for me, oh, I want to accept this gift and I want to be made brand new, born again. Oh, because the Bible says you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And no one is born again except through Jesus Christ. So if that's you, you want Jesus Christ, your Lord and personal service. Slip it up. Slip your hand up in this place. 
all across this place, front to back and left to right. And I believe I'm speaking to somebody today that your hands are sweaty, your heart is beating. Listen, the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you through love. Say, listen, I just want to wrap you in my love. If that's you, slip that hand up in this place. You want Jesus Christ to be your Lord and personal Savior here. You want to understand or you do understand the cost and you want to accept that. That's you. Put the hand up in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden and you used to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. But along the way, you've been pulled away, distracted, living for the world, living for sin. You want to find your way back home. If that's you, put that hand up. You want Jesus Christ to come back. Make a rededication today saying, I want to come back home. That's you, put that hand up. You want that. Jesus Christ is knocking at the door of your heart. Don't let this opportunity slip you by or pass you by. Slip that hand up. Doesn't matter who's watching, who's around. You want to make that step towards Jesus Christ to experience his love for the first time in this place. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God loves you in this place. Father, we bless your name. Speak to the Christians in this place. Listen, we have to understand that love costs. True love costs. And we are called to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We are called to love our spouses as Christ loved the church. We're called to love uh, uh, God with all of our heart, all of our strength, all of our mind. We have to know, if we're going to love, we have to know that love is going to cost us. Love is going to cost us. So when we love, when we love God, we love people, we need to put that in the back of our mind. Listen, love is going to cost us, but it's all worth it. We're not doing this uh, for nothing. It's all worth it. When you love people, you get to see God touch people in a special way, in a supernatural way. God can use you to touch the hearts of of other people in this place. So what we want to do, we want to pray and ask the the Holy Spirit to help us uh, to remember the cost associated with love and help us love through us we told you we understand that the gifts one of the gifts or one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is love so we want to love with a passion love with a fire of the Holy Spirit let's ask God let's lift up those let's pray ask God to help us to love in this place to love and understand it's going to cost us but still do it anyway that God can use us to touch this generation touch this world in this place let's spend some time praying in this place oh Father we thank Thank you, Lord God. We worship you.